All right, welcome back to the Heartland Pod. I have with me Jeff Basinger. Jeff is a lawyer out of Columbia, Missouri. It's always fun for me to get to have other lawyers on the show. Jeff, man, how you doing? And thanks for joining me here on the Hard Pod. I'm doing great, Adam. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, this is this is kind of old school. I haven't done these late interviews for a while, but thanks for thanks for doing it for me. I know you've got little ones too, and so we're in the magic hour when you can do adult stuff. <laughs> That's right. It used to be going out to bar time, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, now it's stuff like this instead. We yeah, are right. old. <laughs> Get the kids in bed so that I can work on something political. Uh, <laughs> right. So, speaking of working on something political, you are working on uh, abortion petition initiative projects, but really one specific thing. You've got a case going. And I've been following what you do. You've got a great Substack, and we'll have a link for that in the show notes so that people can read your Substack because it's very informative. Um, and it's, uh, I would say, it is is high level. Like you're not, you know, it, it's not dumbed down at all. It's very much smart writing, and I appreciate it. And I think it's a great place for folks to know what's going on. So. What are you working on right now? Well, right now, uh, what you brought me on here for is ballot initiative issues. And so I have had a case going for a long time, and it's going to come to a head. Um, what I'm expecting is on November 21st, my case could either end uh, or I could go to the Supreme Court. And it's up to the court always, so they could cook it out on a decision another month. But sure. uh, the next potential deadline is November 21st, and uh, my case involves a very fundamental ballot initiative issue. It's how early can you start the ballot initiative process? And this is, you know, I talked about it in terms of the the abortion ballot issues that are going on, but your your case in particular is broader. It, it is about the whole process in general. That's right. Yeah. So what how it started is uh, after the Dobbs decision came down last year, uh, like a lot of Missourians, I wanted to take some action on it. And so I did file what was the first reproductive rights constitutional amendment proposed in Missouri. Um, the only problem was uh, when I filed that August 1st of last year, uh, Secretary of State uh, John Ashcroft did not accept my sample petition. So he blocked it. He said I was too early. So while uh, other groups, you know, that are organized and um got things together and are hopefully very close to getting signatures collected, got up and going. My case uh, is just pending on the procedural issue, basically. Was I correct? Could you file it as early as I tried last August 1st? Or is John Ashcroft correct? And was it too early under the Missouri Constitution? So wh where does his theory come from that it's too early? Because I, I, I'm just unfamiliar with that being the case. Right. So it, it is an interesting situation because my, my argument is pretty simple. You know, it is you follow the statute, you submit a sample petition to start things. That's what I tried to do. And the secretary of state is required to process it. His argument, it's not based on the Missouri Constitution language explicitly. It kind of skips past that step. It's based on one case, a 1991 Missouri Supreme Court case um, Upchurch was the name of it. And so it is a case where he says that there is a constitutional limit to how early you can submit it. Um, I disagree. I think the case was involving in, in different subject matter almost entirely. How so? I'm, I'm not entirely familiar with the case. This is Upchurch versus Blunt. Is that the case that you're talking about? Yeah, that's correct. So 
what that case involved, and this is undisputed, you know, we were just in the Western District Missouri Court of Appeals. That case established the signature collection period under the Missouri Constitution, and there's no doubt about that. So you can start collecting signatures the day after a general election, and that's the case that established that. The deadline is ne- has never been in dispute. That's always been clear. That's just set forth explicitly in the Constitution, and right now it's uh, six months before the next general election. So we have an 18-month signature collection period. And so that start date, the day after the general election, that's what the Upchurch case did, and everybody agrees on that. It's just that Ashcroft says that it also submitted a period on the exact same days for when you can submit a sample petition, and I disagree on that. So from what I can take away from the Upchurch case, and I, you are, uh, you know, for, for folks who, uh, I know that there are other, other lawyers that listen to this, but for the non-lawyers, when you get into a, a, a process like Jeff is in right now, when you're in the appeals process, you go all the way down the rabbit hole on this stuff. And it kind of becomes your personality. Um, so <laughs> I, um, you have read the Substack, I see. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I've done appeals before and that's kind of like when you're in an appeal and you're dealing with an appeal case, like it becomes the thing, like somebody could ask you like, you know, have you had your tires rotated? You could be like, yeah. And I'll tell you what, timetables are important and here's why. And, and you're off into your argument because it's the only thing that's in your head. So mm-hmm. what I took from the Upchurch case was, was that essentially there, the, the four months before the election is the last date that I could file an initiative petition. But that as long as I've filed it before that time, if it's after the previous election and at least long enough before the deadline that it doesn't matter if I file it the day after the election or the day before the deadline. Well, my argument is there's not ever an off period. So they're reading in a six month dead period into it is, is what, what um, Ashcroft's trying to do here. So he's saying that there is a constitutional limit to it. Um, But a sample petition is not in the Missouri Constitution. The right. ballot initiative process is very, very uh, stripped down. There's really only one deadline in the whole thing. It's the signature deadline. Right. And, and so there's not anything in there that says you have to submit a sample petition to the Secretary of State so that they can approve the format of your proposed amendment before you do anything else. There's nothing in there that says you need this pre-approval. Any... So the one time you submit something, it's when you have all the requirements met, when you have all the signatures. Um, And so this theory that sample petitions, that this pre-approval of the format is in the Missouri Constitution is just not true. Um, And so what the confusion is, is that in Upchurch, it involved a conflict between um, a constitutional right and then the sample petition statutes. Yeah. So the constitutional right was signature collection, and the statute limited the time that you could collect signatures. So they struck down the statute for every single day that it limited the signature collection period. Um, and so Ashcroft relies on two sentences, but only really interprets one. There's only two sentences that could be relevant, I'll say, out of the entire case um, to his argument. 
he interprets one um, to mean that it wasn't just this signature collection period, that it was a sample petition period also. Which is kind of explicitly not in Upchurch. Like, I mean, you know, there's language. So I'm going to pull this right out of the Upchurch case. Uh, it says that part of section 116, 332 that limits submission to the secretary of state of a sample petition to one year prior to the final date for filing the signed petition with the secretary and thereby shortens the time authorized by the constitution during which the constitutional amendment petition may be circulated for signatures is invalid. So the only thing that I read from the upchurch case about the sample petitions is that this faux limitation doesn't actually apply. Right. And so that is the kind of the, the conclusion, the money paragraph of Upchurch. It says that the statute limited the signature collection period. And so it's struck down. There's language in there also that says that those were the only arguments involved. So when he's saying right. this involved a constitutional interpretation that a sample petition period um, exists. You can pull other phrases out of it also. Yeah. They focus it's also on this... not even that long of a case, right? It's, this is one of those like two pager, three, you know, opinions, which is usually a sign. And tell me if I'm wrong about that. You, you do have much more experience in this field than I do. Uh, but when I see a one to three page opinion from any of our courts of appealers or the Supreme Court of Missouri, that's kind of the easiest way for them to say, there, this is an easy one. Right. Or, yeah, it's probably not going to be expanding to many different constitutional rights, perhaps. Right, it's a hint right, at right, that. Right. It, I mean, and, and it was all focused on signature rights. You know, they focused on uh, Secretary of State's arguments in that case. It says explicitly, quote, as respondents, the government, uh, it was forthrightly acknowledged each of their arguments rests upon the state of premise that the Constitution is silent on the question of the period of time in which petitions can be circulated for signatures. That premise is faulty. It does provide a limited period. And then, as you read, you know, it concludes these statutes are struck down basically right. because they violate um, the signature right period that was found in there. So there's it's a short case, like you said. It right. multiple times explicitly mentions these arguments are only limited <laughs> yes. to signature collection. Yes. And then that yet somehow they're saying, oh, by the way, also there was this sample petition period recognized in the Missouri Constitution, even though, and they get to, and, and I've been dealing with this case a year, they've gotten to skip past this. The text of the Constitution. Adam does not contain anything involving civil petitions. There's really only <laughs> like six or seven sentences in there that address the the procedure for this thing. Yeah. It's not hard to read. It's uh, Article Three, uh, Section Fifty, and it's Twelve Two B, the section that I'm dealing with in my case. Right. It, it, there's sample petitions are not in there. It's not in the text of the Constitution. Right. The case explicitly says it didn't deal with a sample petition period also, which makes right. sense because the Constitution doesn't address those. Yeah, it's one run-on sentence. So I, it's not even a complicated sentence that you're talking about in the actual constitutional language. I mean, it's it's very, very plain language. And I, I'll link to this, uh, uh, to the, the, the case as well, the Upchurch case in the show notes for people who are curious. So I assume... <laughs> that the uh, Secretary of State's office has been represented by the Attorney General in this case, that they have taken this one up and actually made the argument? Yes, they have actually made the argument. They, in didn't, the case. they didn't shop this one to outside counsel. 
<laughs> no, no, this is important enough trying to stop the ballot initiative process. It's they have within time their for that. <laughs> yeah, it's within their priorities. <laughs> they don't necessarily have time for for other things, uh, yeah. uh, investigating video poker in yeah. gas Complicated stations. consumer protection. They're going to farm that one out. But this one, they've got it. Right, right. They get behind on the sunshine request. But this one, they're all over. They jumped right in there on it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's funny. Yeah, yeah. It's some pretty high up people in there. It was It's interesting to have been an oral argument and then um, people recognize who's in there. It's not, it wasn't Andrew Bailey himself, but, um, yeah, they definitely have time and they're putting their priorities towards this case for sure. But I'm not impressed by, by their arguments. You know, the only, the only analysis I've gotten, um, from either the trial court judgment from Ashcroft, from Bailey, from the Western district court decision, it really just comes down to interpreting one sentence, um, that says that there's this six-month dead period, supposedly, in the Constitution where you can't move things closer um, uh, to the ballot. Um, they say that it's prohibited, but the language in there uses the word permits, you know, and so it, it's well, the those exact, are different words. <laughs> they're exact opposites, in fact. Um, you know, they, they take out the word permits and says that sample uh, petitions are permitted during the signature collection period um, because you can't restrict the signature collection period is what the case actually says. So it says they're permitted during that period. So they're reading that to mean that since it says it's permitted here, therefore it's prohibited at all other times. Exactly. But Which the is case precisely the opposite that. of how the law works anyway. <laughs> right. And so there's no citation for interpreting permit to mean only permitted during that time. Right. They, they don't cite anything else. So I don't know of another case other than this one. I, the result I just got, you know, a short time ago from the Western District that says anytime a, you know, a judge wants to basically is they can read this implicit prohibition into the word permits. You know, it's kind right. of, it, um, these words have meanings and for decades upon decades, you know, the Supreme Court on down has said permits means permits. Right. But not in this case, I guess. And that is the one sentence that's being analyzed to um, say that we have a six month dead period yeah. where you can't move a measure closer to the ballot. You know, you could start six months earlier, six months before the general election period. So that what I'm saying is the day after the signature deadline, a whole new cycle starts. And that's right. really the first day under the Constitution. You might have a different rule under statute, but that's when the new uh, um, section starts. And so and ostensibly you know, speaking, that would mean that any limitation like that under a statute would be faulty under the Constitution and would therefore not hold water anyway. Yeah, I mean, you would need to specify a different limit under statute. The thing is, and it says explicitly in the Western District case, that right now the statute, unlike under Upchurch, where it had this limitation, it right. said you have to wait. There is no limitation now. So if you submit a sample petition under the statute, you got to process it. There's not a, a there is, so if there's going to be a limitation, um, it has to come by statute, but it's not there under the statute is yeah. what's going on. They're trying to limit a constitutional uh, dead period. And that's yeah. permanent, you know, that's right. a huge change from what I can tell if there's this six month dead period where this statutory process, which we've seen can be take a long time if they right. hold it up, right. can, it's taken hundreds of days under the um, ones that are still pending um, for abortion rights, um, it, it can it can really make a big difference. So you could get a start on this 50 to 6 day period 
um, ahead of time, um, if I'm correct, and that could come in useful, yeah. it saves you a lot of time. Um, sure. The only other change I can think of in the history of the ballot initiative that I can see um, is when they changed the signature period from 20 months to 18 months, and that was in 1998, and it was um, after Upchurch. So if there's a six-month dead period interpreted off of two sentences, um, interpreted by Jay Ashcroft to interpret permits to mean prohibited, as far as I can tell, that's going to be one of the top two changes in ballot initiative history, and it'll be done <laughs> through the back door on a signature rights collection yeah. case. So it's a pretty big deal. So procedurally so far, uh, you were successful with the trial court, successful in the Western District. Is that correct? Or the opposite of that? It is the opposite of that, I'm afraid. And so <laughs> I am waiting to see if I can make it to the Supreme Court to see if they can reconsider things. So it certainly I tried feels to... like a case for them to take up. I mean, obviously they could say no, but it feels like it's one that they, they would want to take up. I would think so. It's kind of odd. You know, I'm, I feel like um, there has been a bit of press coverage, you know, on it, but rightfully so. The main, you know, the vast majority of coverage is on the ones that might actually get signatures mm -hmm. collected. And that's not mine. Um, but it's kind of odd. You know, you've got a trial court judge who disagreed with me. And then there's the Western District, and that's three judges. And then you got Ashcroft and Bailey. So I guess you could say at most there's six people that disagree with me. Every other person I talk to, any other lawyer, you know, yeah. they say permits doesn't mean prohibits, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of odd why you have uh, for me to watch these reproductive rights cases proceed through the courts. And, you know, and rightfully so, right. everyone's paying attention to them. Um, they could be making this ballot initiative procedural change, which, in my opinion, six months of dead period it's a big time, deal. it's, a, big it's deal. a huge deal. And yeah. maybe you know, three, four or five people are saying they agree with Ashcroft on this. What's really interesting about it is that from a procedural change, it essentially, I mean, you're right. You use that language backdoor. This is almost a, you know, the, the great irony is that what we hear from Ashcroft and what we hear from a lot of the elected, uh, mostly the elected Republicans in the state of Missouri is how, you know, this initiative process, you know, we need to raise the threshold. We need to make it harder. We shouldn't be changing the constitution this way. And yet what we have here is essentially the secretary of state's office in conjunction with the attorney general's office being more than willing to push something that would essentially change the language of the constitution uh, without any voter input. Uh, as you said, so far, a, a handful of people having input on that. And it would, it would, wildly change the meaning and function of a constitutional provision. Right, right. It would mean it uh, be a huge change. Yeah. And it is something that is an interpretation of the Missouri Constitution. And it's an amazing amount of power for um, the Secretary of State to just be able to say this has already been decided. Yeah. Um, and to pick out a couple of sentences from one case and say too late we already decided this issue right and then it's not covered anymore it's just swept under the rug and it's done um it's it's uh it's does feel like it's through the back door in that way you know and it would be a big change this sentence they're interpreting the word amendment proposed um out of the constitution and 
that's what they're saying is that an amendment proposed as a sample petition. Mm -hmm. You know, you go back to 1875 Constitution, which um, predates the ballot initiative, which was in 1909. So that term amendment proposed originally meant one that was passed by the General Assembly and was voted on and could be submitted to a vote of the people. So this involves the first step, a sample petition, and the original meaning of it, and and you can read it because it says it's going to get placed on the ballot um, in the sentence, it's one that's already qualified, that's passed, that's ready to be voted on by the people. It's one that's going to be placed on the ballot. So basically... The last step has been completed already. So it turns right. the entire meaning on the on its head. An amendment proposed is one that's qualified for the ballot. A sample petition is the first step to get there. Right. Because the General Assembly, if they've proposed an amendment, it means that they've already voted on it. And so the way that the this is worded in the Constitution, it says all amendments proposed by the General Assembly or by the initiative shall be submitted to the electors for their approval. And so because of that wording, by the initiative, that would tell us that we have met whatever requirements are for it to be submitted to the voters. So in this case, we're talking about gathering of the signatures. That would be, there's an assumption that that's been done if it's being submitted to the voters. Exactly right. So yeah, after the ballot initiative came around, then they added that, you know, so an amendment proposed that says by the General Assembly or by ballot initiative now. And so that's the interpretation is one that has the requisite number of signatures and meets all the requirements to be placed on the ballot. So it turns the meaning on the head, it takes the last step and interprets it as the first step. And so I just want the Missouri Supreme Court to interpret the Constitution um instead of taking six months away and creating a dead period where you can't advance the measure closer to the ballot you yeah. know it's going to be delayed it's going to take over 200 days for these uh, reproductive rights cases to um, be qualified and ready to um, be circulated for signatures so 180 days of time taken away permanently through the back door is a big deal to me yeah well jeff basinger uh you are on Substack. Uh, and if I've, if I've got this right, it's, is it show me legal ethics, show me legal ethics progress. Is that right? I just that... changed the name today to Jeff Basinger Substack. Oh, there it is. I see it now. Jeff Basinger Substack. <laughs> I will, I will link to it. Uh, it's Jeff Basinger BAS only one S in the Basinger. Uh, folks can find that there'll be a link in the show notes. There'll be a link, uh, in the social media stuff as well. Uh, and I know that Jeff is on the social medias as well. If Jeff, man, thanks for joining me. Thanks for taking the time and, uh, best luck. We look forward to seeing what happens with this thing, man. Me too. I'll be looking forward to, to next week. Thank you for having me on. Pod is a production of MidMap Media LLC. Producers Adam Summer, Rachel Parker, and Sean Diller. Outro song by American Aquarium, written by BJ Barnum, called The World is on Fire. Learn more about the Heartland Pod at heartlandpod.com. Learn more about American Aquarium at AmericanAquarium.com. Well,
Journey. 